Oh, hate it when you're two minutes late. <laughs> oh, don't be two minutes late to your own show, man. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, got all kinds of stuff. Got big refill coffee cup over there. Got stuff all over the place. We are just, uh, just trying to catch up on Friday. Welcome to Friday. Finish out your first partial week in October. Not the full week, but it is first partial week. Next week will be the first full week. October, rolling right along. Today is October 2nd, 2020. Last quarter of the calendar year. First quarter for you government folks. First quarter year 2021. Illy Coffee's in a Dallas Cup today. Running behind on just about everything. I'm trying to get my pictures up for over here. Good morning, Eric. You are becoming the what are you, the, the uh, post comments first? You're the first uh, every morning, seems like. Dedicated to the cause. Dedicated to the cause. Um, in addition, in addition to everything else, NIST has re released an ITSR on continuous monitoring. Came out yesterday in the news. I think we need to talk about this. So much documentation. It's like nothing from NIST for a while, and then just bang. All this stuff came out. So in the last little bit, in the last 30 days, we've had um, 853 revision 5 released, 853 Bravo draft released. This ITSR about assessing an organization's continuous monitoring program was released. That came out yesterday. There's another, um, another one out. Um, about building the program that was ITSR was a building there's another draft out on assessing that was that's the other one I mixed those two up 800 137 um, alpha on assessing an organization's information security continuous monitoring program ITS uh, ITSCM ITCM whoa tell him running behind this morning so anyways if you've looked at 137 in the past, and that's the continuous monitoring document. It has been pretty lacking. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty lacking on of, of the NIST documents. There's some really good ones. There's some really, really technical deep ones, especially when you go and di start diving into the encryption stuff. Uh, and this one's kind of just vanilla, bland, in the middle of the road. Uh, so hopefully these new additions to the continuous monitoring work stream will help out. So how are you guys doing today? I've heard from Eric this morning. I see a couple people, a couple, few people out there. I shouldn't say a couple. few people out there on the line. A few people watching them play back already. I know I need my coffee this morning. It seems like we're, we're definitely, definitely running behind on getting things going. A lot in the news today. Usually Fridays are light. Um, I combed through the news, put the filter on, sift, sifted through what's out there. Tried to get, I was, trying, I was targeting like two to three articles today. Man, ended up with five. So we're five for Friday, five for Friday. Uh, I, the last one, our, our, 
our highlighted our highlighted article this morning is for Alex. I thought about I particularly thought about Alex. Speaking of Alex, particularly thought about Alex um, when I looked at this article and when I dug in and and read through this thing. Um, this one's for you, Alex. This is the last one we'll talk about. HP is expanding its bug bounty program and specifically targeting uh, the bug bounty is specifically going to be going after bugs in their print cartridges that make them uh, exploitable. Can you hack a print cartridge? I think if HP is paying bug track to put some pen testers on it either they think it's really really secure or it's really really insecure uh, they think there's bugs in it or think maybe they think it's so locked up that they're not going to find anything talk about that um, as you probably could expect the bad guy the bad folks are using the election to launch a new round of phishing campaigns go figure um Couple new, couple new malware groups out there. Well, one, one state's kind of state sponsored. One is another uh, a group, harvesting bots. And the UK has a report out on Huawei. And uh, <laughs> what they think about Huawei, where they're at on Huawei. There was a whole committee in the UK devoted to just digging into Huawei. So let's catch up on the chat here. Alex saying some are trying to get their coffee. You got to get, got to get up. The early bird gets the coffee, Alex. The early bird gets the coffee, man. Alex, how do you like your coffee in a cup? Uh, that's a funny, that's a funny joke. Ah, uh, uh, big bounties, great topic for debate. Good, good deal. I hope we have some debate over it. Print cart print cartridge though yeah yesterday we're talking we talked all the way down to firmware yesterday got all the way you know operating system vulnerabilities application vulnerabilities hardware vulnerabilities firmware vulnerabilities driver vulnerabilities what was actually was we talked about yesterday and now we're talking about vulnerabilities in the actual print cartridge what do you think what do you think about that. Uh, what do you think about hacking a print cartridge? I remember back in back in days when I used to do stuff like this, printers were awesome. People hardly ever secured printers. If you could get in a network, you could almost always get on a printer. Um, one of the best things they ever did was put hard drives on printers because then you could stage attacks from printers. Now we have the same thing in IoT. Internet of Things, Linux, stripped down Linux versions running on everything. How about a Linux server running on your light bulb, your thermostat? Um, yes. Coffee should be made manly and served in 55 gallon drums. Like what Jim had in his co coffee mug dis disguised as. That's just coffee. Mug. Oh, <laughs> my 55 gallon drum. Yeah, I disguised my coffee cup as. <laughs> uh, you should, what? 
One thing, and I don't know if all army cooks did this. In the army, coffee was a mainstay. Had to have, had to have your coffee. In the army, they say, you know, unless you're flying, unless you're an aviator, uh, you only need four hours of sleep continuously. Let me fix my sleeve here. So coffee was a mainstay. And I remember going, uh, we'd go out. Normally we were on, on position before the sun came up. And one of the things, I watched the guy make the coffee. Watching the guy make the coffee. And essentially it was a giant stock pot, big old stock pot. And you just dumped a can of coffee in there and then filtered it out at the end. They boiled it and then filtered it out at the end, put it in one of the big five-gallon things and served it up. I guess sufficient, I guess, as long as you get the... Well, they didn't really care if the grounds are out or not. I had my share of grounds. Um, Eric. Eric laughing at my misfortune of a 55-gallon drum uh, as a coffee cup. That's... Uh, you go, okay, I see. I see, how the, I see how this morning's going to go, Eric and Alex teaming up against me. That's okay. Got a lot on. What do you guys think? It's not in what I had planned to talk about this morning. But what do you guys think about NIST expanding on documentation supporting its ISCM or Information Security Continuous Monitoring Program? What do you guys think? What have you looked? Have you looked at the original NIST SP one thirty seven? Have you looked at it? Have you have you determined that it needed guidance? Sounds like Ralph saying, uh, sounds like you miss it. The Army? Uh, if that's the question. There are certainly parts of the Army um, that I miss, of course. The uh, the funny thing about the human brain, you forget about all the the crap. You remember the good good stuff, and you, a lot of times you, unless it's just terrible, you, you, you forget about a lot of the crap. And the Army definitely took me to different places around the world that, you know, when we... You know, not to get this is not again I, I always have to say this this is not a political statement but when people from the right and the left complain about the United States complain about America how terrible things are here my guess and and in my experience as well those people have never been outside the country I don't know if that's true all the way across the board but if you go to other countries, ones you think are good, ones you think are bad, I've been to, been to places that didn't exist when I was a kid. Um, you'll see it's not, it's not so bad. Obviously, there's always room for improvement, but it's not nearly as bad as most folks say, say it is. And that's from folks that complain on the left and folks that complain on the right. I know I'm always backwards on the screen here. Um, so there. It's Friday, Friday. Where there's smoke, there could be fire. NIST must know it needs to be addressed. It it was the it was one of the anchors of uh, continuous monitoring was one of the anchors of the RMF. It is the one of the keys that makes it possible to do ongoing uh, ongoing uh, authorizations. That's that's the linchpin to it. The CM program. Um, so yeah, I think they need to be addressed. I remember seeing smart, smart people, smart corporations, smart agencies that when continuous monitoring came out, when we first started talking about 
137 and continuous monitoring, they took and they laid out the controls. Okay, I got 99 controls in my control set. We're going to look at 33 this year, 33 this year, and 33 this year. Totally, totally not what you're supposed to be doing in CM. Each control, and actually each part of the control, needs to be looked at and determined how frequently you assess that. And it's work. It's it's hard. I hate that hate that statement. It's hard. Why don't you do that? It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's hard is recovering from ransomware. That's hard too. What else is hard is PII spills, PII expo PII exposure. It's also hard is when you have intellectual property leaked to the internet. That's hard too. Um, anyways, that's my rant. Let me take my soapbox and put it down on the floor again. Crazy world we're living in, though. ICM, one of the key linchpins of the RMAP, one of the things you really have to understand. And Alex, uh, thanks for agreeing to move the meeting around from yesterday to next week. I think that's one of the things we got to drop in to the advanced RMF course is this, how to actually do that. And we know that in revision two of 837, we talk about the organization in the prepare step develops the ISCM for the organization. And then the, then only then can the system owner develop the system level ISCM because then it knows, Hey, I've got to check administrator logins daily because that's what the organization ISCM says. So I can link them two together. Uh, anyways. Anyways. Glad to see you guys this morning. Glad you're here for the news. It is Red Friday. We do wear red. Remember everyone deployed. All those folks downrange doing 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 good things for us. Um, Godspeed. All that. So let's throw the intro in and let's jump into all the news. Hopefully I got all the icons and graphics right because I was rushing at the last minute to get them in because this morning it's been just that kind of morning. So here we go. Let's throw the intro and we'll be right back. I was like the little guitar, little guitar, do, 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 do. Whoops. Get out the boat. Get out the boat, man. I agree with get out the boat. So ahead of the U.S. election, malicious email campaign mimics Democratic pitches for volunteers. This is from Reuters. Reuters and Reuters. Come on, man. Reuters is doing a good job. I can tell this 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 fella, Joseph Men, is uh, maybe not keeping track of threats and vulnerabilities. So San Francisco, Reuters, tens of thousands of emails sent Thursday that ask recipient volunteers for Democratic Party ahead of November US election actually came from email scammers trying to carry trying to carry malicious software, according to researchers from the cybersecurity firm Proofpoint. So emails borrow language from the website of the Democratic National Committee or the DNC. They're stealing, again, I heard this yesterday. There is the perception, and the perception has been um, pretty widespread, that these attackers, these hackers, these, these nefarious keyboard bandits um, are, you know, 
unshowered kids that are living in their their parents' basement, or thirty somethings that are living in their parents' basements and they don't have any friends and they're down there hacking all day, and that's that's what you know the the Hollywood perception of the hacker is. If you've been around, you know I definitely don't believe that the these hackers, these attack organizations, because that's what they are, are structured. They have goals. They have targets they want to achieve. They are they 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 have business plans. They have goals. They're an or they're an actual organization. And if they were, you know, any other type of of organization, they'd probably be very successful. I'm sure that some of these, especially in the ransomware world, are are very successful, but on the the evil side of things. Um, but yeah, they're not. It's not a kid. It's not a kid in the dark basement, plucking away at a keyboard. That's not the bad guy. That's not the bad guy we're worried about so much anymore. The bad guy we're worried about so much more is these organizations, these these dark organizations. So to get this to the 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 victim, uh, it's a word document attached to a spam. And it contains miniature programs known as macros. If enabled by the recipient, they install, hey, get ready for it, they install a password stealing program known as Emotet. Now, now, what's this guy's name? Joseph, if I was to describe Emotet, I probably wouldn't call it a password stealing program. Emotet primarily is not a password stealing program. While it can steal passwords, it, when it steals all your other data right before it encrypts it, um, yeah, Emotet is ransomware, dude. And Emotet is not, I don't know, maybe at a stretch you can call it a macro? I don't, Emotet is a program, this guy, this guy, come on, dude, hold on. Um, oh my gosh my gosh dude you emotet is a macro that steals passwords you missed the mark you missed the mark there um we know attackers will use themes and current events in hopes of compromise says the dnc uh, spokesman chris megger the DNC takes cybersecurity seriously and encourages everyone to be vigilant when opening emails and attachments to protect themselves. Yeah, DNC put the word out there, but they can't. I mean, it, they can't really stop this. This is coming out. It's not coming. It's not like they hacked the DNC and then sent mail mail from the DNC. This is some third party sending out email from from their servers. Some thirty thousand emails have been sent with this DNC theme. Proofpoint researcher said. Uh, early this evening on the East Coast. So it's probably rolling. This this was last night's article, I think. Yeah, last night's article. So it started on the East Coast, 30,000 on the East Coast. So by this morning, I'm sure that there's more uh, as we roll across the time zone. Emails appear with different sender names and subject lines, but assert in the text they're sent on behalf of the DNC asking for volunteers, declaring the way we win is by organizing, and then sometimes they're titled, Team Blue, take action. Here, and then this final, the final sentence. 
the final words here is uh, Emotet steals financial passwords and usually installs other programs that can be controlled remotely, among other things, enabling ransomware. DeGrippo, DeGrippo, who's DeGrippo? Um, maybe he's a guy from, from Proofpoint. Yeah, he's a guy from Proofpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Joseph, Joseph, when you write these articles, make sure you're getting the kind of the alignment. My, if I'm in, infected by Emotet, uh, fired up. Probably the last last thing that I'm going to think in my mind is Emotet is stealing passwords. I'm going to think Emotet, Emotet is ransomware, and I need to do something because it's going to lock my data. I'm not worried so much at that point. I'm not going to worry so much about my passwords. I'm going to worry about my entire set of data. So just know they're out there. And if, if they're going out from the DNC, they're also going out uh, for the RNC. Uh, the, the, if it's going from the right, it's going from the left. The, the ha hackers, the attackers, again, there's an organization. They're, they're going to go after whatever they think is going to get someone to open an email. So if it's going on from the Democratic committee, it's going to go on from the Republicans as well. You're gonna, it's going to come from both sides. Um, they're going to try to figure out who they can get to to get to open these messages. Open the messages up. Um, that's the call. That's their call to action. Palmer Worm is up in the news as well. This was Cyware Social. We haven't seen a Cyware Social story for a bit. A state-sponsored espionage group known as Palmer Worm, also known as Black Tech, has observed expanding its campaigns to focus more geographic on more geographically diverse tar targets to steal their information. This, this thing, Palmer Worm, has been creeping around for about a year, um, targeting organizations worldwide. The group has a combination of brand new suite of custom malware. They list some of them here in the article. DeWalt, Normie, Consoc, Waship as well as some already known, Kibars and Pled. Uh, in addition, the group also uses dual-use tools like Putty and PSExec, WinRAR. They didn't list things like um, Metasploit or, or anything like that, but okay. A custom loader and a network reconnaissance tool. Hack tool. Well, then, hack tool. Uh, besides living off the land, tactics has been... Uh, using stolen code, signing certificates to sign its payloads, making payloads appear more legitimate. Yeah. Besides identifying Palworm's activities in multiple South Asian countries, such as Japan, Taiwan, and China, they found victims in the U.S. for first time. The first time coming to a computer near you in the United States, Palmer Worm. The group is actively targeting organizations such as finance, media, engineering, electronics, and construction sectors. Kind of widespread there. It's kind of been off the air since August. Uh, Palmer has attacked at least 10 Taiwanese government agencies and infected some 6,000 email accounts of government officials to steal, steal sensitive data. For these attacks, Taiwanese officials believe that the hacking group 
is backed by the Chinese Communist Party. Obviously, the Chinese Communist Party always they want to take Taiwan back. They believe Taiwan belongs to China, and they want it back. So they've been actively attacking them for years. So again, these guys think this is this yet another attack from the Communist Party. Bottom line, bottom line from Cyware is a polymer polymer worm APT has spent several months hidden inside company networks. Their use of dual-use tools and living off the land tactics makes it actively very hard to detect uh, such TTPs, tools, techniques, and procedures underline the need for organizations to have multi-layered cyber defense in place that can detect this kind of activity. What? Multi-layered defense? How would we ever do that? How about the cybersecurity framework uh, partnered with the RMF? Put the RMF in line with your software and, and, and system development lifecycle. Have that so you build systems securely. Have your program aligned with the cybersecurity framework so you can actually uh, deal with these things as, as far as the left as you can. Um, Palmer worm, though. Palmer worm's out there. Coming to the U.S. Coming, it's coming to America. Yeah, what's a hack tool? Hack tool, guys. Network Orsonis is to a hack tool. That's like CEH. And, and I'd love to hear your comments on CEH, the Certified Ethical Hacker Certification. Um, I got CEH5 is when I got mine. I think they're like 10 or 11 or maybe 12 now. I let it expire because they had a weird, goofy continuing education thing. I think 5 was the first one that you could get in continuous education on. Uh, it's one of the ones I let expire just because I couldn't keep up with their CE program and the passwords kept changing. It just, anyways. But CEH, I always thought, was one of the certifications with maybe one of the coolest names for HR. To get your resume through HR, CEH Certified Ethical Hacker. Come on, man. That's a that's an HR fast lane ticket right there. Get that that gets you right through HR. But if any of you are CEH or know CEHs or know about the CEH exam or the certification, you guys finally getting out of here. Um, you know, it, it's it's not so much. It's it, it's it's very entry level. It's very much um, getting into maybe security control assessment. I wouldn't say it would prepare you for being a red teamer or an ethical hacker um, by any stretch stretch of the imagination. But it's kind of like this hack tool. Ceh is kind of that like like that. Ceh got a cool name really could be a cool certification oscp i mean it's uh yeah it's not not as cool a name kind of cali hacking with cali kind of helps it a little bit but definitely one of the best courses you can take if you're in that if you want to go into that world of of, of red teaming you want to go in the world of security control assessment i i'm not paid by offensive security i've actually been sued by offensive security um she said I was writing a book that had their same title. I said they had copyright to it. They didn't even want me to use the dragon um, that they don't even own. Um, but anyway, that's another story. So that shows me. That shows. That shows you. Shows you, not me. That their training must be pretty good. If I would still in, in, endorse them, after they sent me a cease and desist, um, all they had to do, and I, I sent them. Uh, you know, I sent them a message early on. When we started writing the book. This is the title we want to use. 
and they didn't. And that's what it was all. It was tied up around the title. Um, Callie had just come out, and we wrote a book called Hacking with Callie, and they sent a cease and desist. Um, all they had to do was send an email, man. We did changed it. We asked them up, up front to be part of the book development. But it is what it is. That was a while ago. That's, that's fairly outdated now, that book. Um, anyhow, on to the next, right? On to the next. Palmer Worm. Keep an eye out for it. Um, obviously, we know we know how these guys are coming in. They're, they're looking for exploitable um, ways in. And that's, that's we know, the, the three, the top three for the folks in ransomware, um, RDP connections open on the internet, unpatched systems, including VPNs, and uh, our favorite, the uh, exploitable end user, endpoint user. Uh, train your users, man. Huawei, Huawei. Huawei, man, had an opportunity to work, well, not really enough. There was there was a a kind of an opportunity if their program expanded, that I might get on with Huawei uh, years ago when I really didn't even understand who they were. Um, glad I didn't go that route. Uh, UK security experts found a flaw of national significance when analyzing technology from a Chinese networking company Huawei, according to government reports. This is the United Kingdom. This is the United Kingdom's uh, security experts. This is from ZDNet. Huawei software engineering and cybersecurity practices have been criticized in the annual report from Huawei Cybersecurity Evaluation Center, the HCSEC, which was set up by the UK government when the networking giant uh, and, and network giant to evaluate equipment which was to be used in EK networks. So it was set up by the UK government and Huawei to evaluate equipment that was going to be used in the UK. So this wasn't just the U. This wasn't the group just by the UK. This was Huawei folks too. It looks like the center opened in 2010, a while ago, with the aim of reducing potential risk from Huawei technologies as part of UK's critical national infrastructure. Yeah, as such, the H. CSEC annual report provides detailed analysis on the company's software engineering and cybersecurity processes. One of the things the report said is the HCSEC work has continued to, to identify concerning issues in Huawei's approach to software development bringing significantly increased risk to U.S. operators, which requires ongoing management and mitigation. Well, that doesn't sound good. Overall, the board that oversees the center said it could only provide limited, uh, in, air, in quotes there, assurance that all risks the UK national security from Huawei's involvement in the UK's critical networks can be significantly mitigated in the long term. Another quote from the report, uh, the increasing number and severity of vulnerabilities discovered along with the architectural and build issues by the relatively small team in HCSEC is of particular concern. If an attacker has the knowledge of these vulnerabilities and sufficient access to exploit them, they may be able to affect the operation of a UK network, in some cases causing it to cease operating correctly. 
Report said the flaw is of national significance has been discovered during HCSEC's work this year. The report noted in rare circumstances where the impact of the vulnerability is of national significance, the release of the full details of the vulnerability to Huawei may be delayed to allow the UK community to address and mitigate the impact. Uh, and this occurred during 2019. So it's kind of weird. They're saying that this group, this group is made up of UK folks and folks from the networking giant, which I'm assuming is Huawei. They don't call it out by name, but they call it the networking giant. So it's Huawei and UK people, but they're saying they're not releasing the findings back to Huawei. So I'm thinking it must be maybe part of the team found this vulnerability and didn't share it with the other part of the team. I don't know how the team structured. Maybe it's some folks in China and some folks in the UK and they work collaboratively. They work over Skype or something. I don't know. So so they're not reporting it. So they're they're going to evaluate it, I guess, for the, the significance of the vulnerability, the significance of the impact. Uh, depending on who's in this UK community, it, it wouldn't be rare, wouldn't be uh, new for some of that to be, if they know what the vulnerability is and they can exploit it. In cases we have seen these nation states, even ones like the UK and the United States, latch onto a vulnerability and use it for their own purposes. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying that's what's happening here. I'm just saying they're delaying the release of full details to Huawei to allow the UK community to assess and mitigate the impact. So maybe they don't think that Huawei is going to fix it. Maybe they, I don't know. For some reason, they're holding back on releasing it. Who knows? There could be a number of reasons there. The report said this finding referred to basic engineering competence and security hygiene, not flaws deliberately introduced. The NCSC does not believe the defects identified are the result of Chinese state interference. They just think they don't know what they're doing. Um, Huawei, it's not, it's not that you're state-sponsored. It's, it's not that you're being driven by the Chinese government. It's just you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're a networking giant. We called you a network giant earlier. Um, you're putting out products to, to the global community. You just don't know what you're doing. You don't know. You don't know how you're doing it. Um, report goes on to say sustained evidence of poor coding practices was found, including evidence that Huawei, Huawei continues to fail to follow its own internal secure coding guidelines, despite some minor improvements over the previous years. Huawei said it continues significant investments to improve products. The report acknowledges that while our software transformation product and process uh, process is in its infancy we have made some progress in improving our software engineering capabilities the company said that all vendors should be evaluated against an equally robust benchmark to improve security standards for everyone i agree with that oh 100 100 percent agree with that they developed this center in 2010 20 years ago or 10 years ago man hold on yeah a little coffee will help that 
They developed this center 10 years ago. And this guy's saying, um, continues to significant improvements to Im significant investments to improve our product. Um, our software transformation process is in its infancy. So you've been doing, you know, you've been evaluated for 10 years now. I don't know how long Huawei's been around, but if you're making basic coding processes, prog process mis mistakes, basic engineering mistakes, you're not following your own coding process, QA's not in place, security testing must not be in place. Um, they're saying basic, basic engineering. I don't know. Just another reason Huawei shouldn't be on your network. Um, I don't think it's just, you know, we talked about this last month, I think. Don't think it's a Huawei device. Don't think you're going to get like a Huawei router. And, and as long as I keep the Huawei router out of my network, I'm good to go. Huawei makes chips too. Chips that reside in other things. I think it was a month ago we talked about Huawei chips that were being used in DVRs or digital video recorders for physical cameras, for camera recording devices, the security systems. So you buy a device, you think you're good to go, inside there is a Huawei chip. Again, the challenge of security. That's your challenge as you go out oh, every day and fight the good fight. Do you have a full understanding of what's on your network? Hardware, software. As we talked about yesterday, there's some organizations that don't even know what they've got as far as servers on their network. They don't know. Asset management, configuration management, all important things. Does your, I, I had a conversation with a, a company I was consulting for and we had a deep, deep conversation of the difference between asset management and configuration management. They called it all was all one thing configuration config management is everything so i said okay if configuration management is everything how are you accounting for those 20 servers that are on the shelf over there that haven't been installed on the network yet well we don't worry about those till they come in but how do you how do you come how do you count the asset information asset the information asset wow the information assets you have it's an asset, right? How are you counting for that? How are you counting for that type of information? So there's definitely a difference between assets management and configuration management. That's, you know, same thing they're talking about here. Come on, guys. Let's get this together. That's why your fight, as you go out there today, go out, your risk folks, cyber folks, information security folks, you go out and you fight the good fight, and you go to your organization, you, you know, <laughs> I worked for one organization. It was it was kind of a joke that you you do an on-site visit to one of their locations, and you just find servers, find servers that run people under people's desks. They just went out and bought them locally and installed them, and they weren't on the IT plan, they weren't on the architecture, they weren't anywhere. Just a server, just a Windows server running on, under somebody's desk, plugged into the network. Not not a good place to be, that's for sure. Huawei. Speaking of things. The Internet of Things, IoT, IoT is in the news, in the news. So new malware infects Android IoT devices, TVs, and other such things in 40, uh, 48, 84 nations. Affected roughly 
13,500 Internet of Things devices like Android TVs, chiefly in Asia and a number of countries that grow, according to Barracuda, Barracuda Networks. New Delhi, new malware has infected roughly 13,500 Internet of Things devices. Um, people that are running this network are busy building a botnet for big-scale attack. Uh, the, the, the malware they're using is called in Interplanetary Storm. IoT devices such as TVs that run Android operating systems, Linux-based Linux and Linux-based machines such as routers with ill-configured SSH or secure shell services are being targeted. Uh, Murali Urus uh, is the country manager of India for Barracuda Networks. Quoted here, while the botnet that is ma the malware is building does not have clear functionality yet, uh, gives the campaign operators a backdoor into the infected devices so they can later be used for crypto mining, distributed denial of, of service, or other large-scale attacks. Mainly this is in China, Hong Kong, South Korea, and Taiwan. Um, looks like they've left Indian IoT devices alone. Strange. Um, Malware has already, already been targeting Mac and Android devices, in addition to Windows and Linux machines. So it's just, it's, it's kind of going after everything. Give me everything! First variant of inter Interplanetary Storm, which targeted Windows machines, was uncovered in May of last year. Um, Barracuda found several unique features designed by criminal organizations to help malware persist and protect it once it has infected a machine. Oh, Mike, good to hear you. Uh, yeah, not net, no, not net gear. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but I think that's worthy of a shirt. Shirt, a shirt. No, not net gear. No, not net. The big explanation point. No, no, not net gear. Oh, I can hear you saying that. Ralph, Mike, hopefully you've got your mail by now. We sent you stuff in the mail. Hopefully it got to you. Um, hopefully it made it okay. We didn't you've get. Got tracking numbers. I didn't uh, didn't see them. Oh, <laughs> not Netgear. Um, yeah, it detects the computer security mechanism, honeypots, auto updates itself, and tries to persist by installing services using a Go daemon, daemon package, uh, and also kills other processes on the machine that pose a threat to the malware, such as debuggers and competing malware. Maybe we should have these guys build some. Some security software that kills malware. To safeguard IoT devices against malware variant, it will be necessary to properly configure SSH access to all devices. Uh, this means using keys instead of passwords, which are more secure. Yeah, don't use passwords unless you have to. When a password logon is enabled on a service and the service is itself is accessible, especially from the internet, um, the malware can exploit an ill-configured attack surface. Since the most common issue with routers and IoT devices, uh, they become easy targets for interplanetary storm malware. Uh, meanwhile, to monitor SSH access control, a cloud security posture management tool must be used to eliminate any configuration mistakes which can be catastrophic, said the researchers. Ah, uh, good. Package delivered successfully. 
Okay, good deal. I know this went out late. Took a while to get them out. Took a while to get the actual product in. Actually got another another set of cups coming in today. Now, the first ones were all red. Uh, the red, red, red Friday stuff. Um, got some multicolored ones coming in today and a couple more red ones with bigger dang logos on them. Um, building the stuff up. So yeah, interplanetary storm. So they're building this building this big old network. Building a huge network. Um, what are they going to do with it? De distributed denial service, crypto mining, whatever. They're nefarious. They're after whatever they can get. Um, sounds like, you know, sounds like Secure Shell is the way this thing's getting in. So if you, you know, almost most people, I'm going to say most people, don't ever use SSH on their IoT devices. And most IoT devices have SSH turned off by default. So you have to go in and turn it on. If you're turning it on, make sure you, if you can use keys, use keys. If you use, if you can use multi-factor authentication, even better. Um, but if it's just password, if it is just password, make sure you're using a long and complex password, passphrase, more than likely. Um, that's gonna keep them out. Once they're in, they're in. It looks like they've got a ways to, to do all kinds of stuff. Um, rebuild your device, I guess, is what you could do. As you know, I'm building a lot of IoT stuff here. This is one of the main reasons you're going to segment your IoT stuff off on a separate VLAN from your normal normal devices. And that's why we went with Ubiquity. And we got to build, we got, Alex, I know we got a ton of videos recorded. we got to get just editing. And we can blame Mako for that. So Mako, if you're watching, Got to get editing, man. Got to get the stuff organized. Got to get it out. Built, you know, we've built the rack. We've racked up all the equipment. We've installed all the equipment. We got the cameras in. We got the routers in. One of or the access points. One's right there, sitting right on the table here. Excellent equipment, man. It's good stuff. Um, had one problem. It was a, a misconfiguration. We had to go in and change a configuration file. But that, that was that was simple. That was in the uh, DVR, the recording functionality. Um, cool. I have it segmented. Ralph saying arrived last night. Thanks. Looking for a huge cup of coffee. Of uh, tea. Spouse gets to enjoy the illy, illy coffee. So these are the. This is what Ralph got. This is one of the ones. I think the last, last uh, trivia night we had. And the next trivia night's the fifteenth. By the way, guys, fifteenth uh, of October is the next trivia. We do have one more of these, but we have the new cups coming, and we probably give one of those away. These are gigantic. These are so big. That you have to have a secondary cup to pour it into because it just, you know, that's what I do. I use this for bringing a big bunch of coffee down and then pouring it in. But we'll probably give, I've got another one of those. I've got the water bottles are pretty cool though. Maybe, maybe do one of the water bottles next time. I got them over there on the shelf. I'll drag one out next week and let you show it, let you see it. Um, so, Internet of Things, you got to secure it. However, you're accessing it, access control, however, you're accessing it. They, they talk about SSH in this article securing your secure shell access. There's normally also a console, and normally that's accessed through a web browser. Make sure that's secured too. Make sure that the web browser is secured. Guess what, guys? If we don't secure the web browser, the bad guy attacks the web browser, turns SSH on, and pumps their stuff in. So we didn't go over that, so. Yeah. Ralph, you gotta let me know what you think about the illy. Illy. Um, or what the spouse thinks about the illy, I should say. Since you're the tea guy, maybe we should have sent you some tea. We don't know. We don't have a tea, a tea provider. 
Well, we don't, Illy's not a provider, it's just the brand we like. Um, they don't give they don't give it to us for free, man. I guess we don't have a, a huge the community's not once the community is bigger, once we have the you know, we've got a pretty decent sized community right now. Like thirteen thirteen and a half hundred people. Um I guess once we get to, to big whatever whatever YouTube big is, we'll get free stuff. But um, you know, that's not why we're doing this stuff. So HP, this one is for you, Alex. Especially for you. Um, I probably my, I probably wouldn't even put this up if we hadn't talked about this the other day. But HP is expanding his bug bounty program to focus on office class print uh, print cartridges and security vulnerabilities. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, HP. Yet you know something. Yet again, something that we have to worry about. What is going on here? Got something going crazy going on here on the other side. Do, do, do. There we go. Okay, there we go. Sorry. Um, HP expanded his bug bounty program to focus specifically on office class print cartridge security vulnerabilities. So security vulnerabilities in the print cartridges. Nice. Excellent. As part of this program, HP has engaged with Bug Crowd to, get, to get a, conduct a three-month program in which four professional white hat hackers, maybe they're CEHs, uh, have been challenged to identify vulnerabilities in HP original print cartridges. If any of the hackers are successful, HP will an award an additional $10,000 per vulnerability in addition to the base fee. So they're going to, normal, their normal money, but they're going to get ten grand. In addition, uh, wow! Here we go. Yeah, let's blame blame Mako, insider threat. <laughs> blame it on Mako. Blame more on Mako. Um, today, here, I, I, one of my set my gotta get the shirt still. Today, bad actors. I like that. Love that term. Bad actors aiming to exploit printers with sophisticated malware pose an ever-present and growing threat to business and individuals alike. That's uh, Siobhan Albright, Chief Technologist for Print Security at HP. Bad actors. Uh, HP is committed to staying ahead of these issues by proactively hiring some of the brightest security experts to help us uncover potential risks so they can be fixed before harm is done. Over the past few years, there's been a rise in attacks of embedded systems and technologies. Uh, Qsera's Print Security 2019 report revealed that 59% of businesses reported a print-related data loss in the last year, in 2019. <clears throat> HP engaged in bug bounty programs over years to complement and extend the company's own rigorous penetration testing. Mark Bina, as a senior analyst with more insight and strategy, says HP has been a leader in the print security for many years now, establishing new industry security, cybersecurity standards, um, garnering praise from third-party security testing labs for having some of the most secure printers. Leadership in this area, particularly focused on secure hardware features and a firmware-based approach to imaging devices 
could not come at a better time. This art, by the way, this article is by HelpNet Security. It looks like uh, maybe the article was written with the help of HP's marketing team. Um, yeah, and like goes on to say the first part, and I, I left a lot of this stuff out. HP has expanded its bug banning program, uh, focused specifically on office class print cartridge vulnerabilities. The program underscores HP's commitment to delivering defense in depth across all aspects of printing, including supply chain, uh, cartridge chip, cartridge packaging, firmware, and printer hardware. It's, it's stuff sprinkled all throughout this article, the little pat on the back for HP all, all the way through, so including saying that well, they were one of the first to start using bug bounties. Um, so Alex, that's for you. Now we've got OS, application, driver, um, firmware, and now print cartridges on things we may have to continue to update and patch. Kinda, kinda love that. Got to love Love, love, love that. Man. Um, this one, I, I guess I must have. Forgot to put my screenshot on there. So today's, today's offbeat holiday. Let me move my screen back over. Today's offbeat holiday for you guys is Name Your Car Day. And I have got... There we go. It's in the garage, the cluttered garage. So... My challenge to you guys, name your car day. This is, is my car, sitting in the garage right over there. What, what I've never, never really named a car. But we're saying it's name your car day. So this is my car. What do we name, what do we name this car? So you know, it's, you know. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that one. We should give up, move to log cabin while electricity. If there's one thing we can be assured of, at least in the the near term, there is going to be work. <laughs> there's going to be work for us um, for the near future, <laughs> foreseeable future, I think. Um, expanding driverless cars are coming. Driverless trucks are going to be the market is going to drive us to to a point of driverless trucks. We're going to get there. It's probably not going to be right away. It's five, ten years down the road. Five. Five years from now, we'll probably be seeing them with a co-driver, driver driverless trucks. Ten years from now, they're probably gonna be on there on the road by themselves. Um, so we got we got to name a car. We got to name a car. This is a 2014 Camaro ZL1. That's what it is. I can't tell. Um, it's got no top, man. Topless. Needs a name. Um, it's got a boatload of horsepower. That's for sure. Cozy Bear. Uh, <laughs> car name equals Cozy Bear. And then we can change the license plate to say APT. Uh, ah. But yeah, for, do you name your car? I mean, is that? I, I know. My lovely bride's family always named their cars. I've just never, I've never named a car. Um, do you name a car? Do you guys name your cars? What are your cars' names? What should we name? Should we name this car? It's all black, black on black. Um, let's stay away from stuff like Black Hat. Um, I don't. I, I can't. I can't see that one. Ink. Ink or Inky, right? Yeah, Pac-Man logos on it. Um, ink. Sierra Bravo. 
ink. Um, so that was our, our weird, crazy holiday of the day. Um, the other one I was going to put up there, and this was for Mike, if he's still out there, too. Um, let me take this one off. The other, the other holiday it is today is um, Guardian Angel Day. And um, Mike and I share some some common background, a little bit more than than I knew initially. We had some common common trails, including uh, time at uh, the Fort Benning School of Gravity, the paratrooper school. Um, time on time jumping out of planes. So this is Saint Michael. This is the patron saint of paratroopers. Um, but it's Guardian Angel Day as well. So it's a, it's a Catholic holiday, a Catholic event, I guess. Um, so I just, I just, anytime I get a chance to, you know, put St. Michael out there. St. Michael's patron saint of the paratroopers, amongst other things. Uh, he's taking care of the paratroopers wherever they are. Car named Tech, Techstar. Techstar's kind of cool, too. Um, fun dang car, that's for sure. That is a fun car. I've loved Camaros. I uh, had a Camaro in high school. That's that that is a monster. If you don't know what a ZL1 is, it's just a it's it's horsepower. Nothing but horsepower, man. Huge, huge horsepower. Um, cool man, cool man. That's uh that's my cool man day. Cool, cool man. Man, uh, of course, being gender neutral. Sierra will yell at me. Uh, how can man be gender neutral? It, it can't. Um, on Monday, on Monday, I printed out, I haven't bound it yet, I printed out the, um, the the document on continuous monitoring. I'll take a look at that this weekend, see what it's all about. Maybe we can talk about that on Monday. There's so many documents from from uh, from NIST to talk about. They've done so much. It just was kind of a drought. We had a lot of encryption standards coming out, and then all of a sudden just the security just 853 broke the dam, revision 5, and just has been document after document coming out of NIST the last couple days. Con Air. I love that show, too. That's a good one. Con Air. Right now it says Quick ZL1 on it. Um, Con Air is... <laughs> Uh, the license license plate Con Air. I don't get. Do you guys? You guys? I get this question. Do you guys name your? Put it in the show notes. Do you name your car? Uh, do you name your car? Um. Anyways, you guys, it's a good weekend ahead of you. Get some stuff out. If you if you guys know, I mean, this is a shameless shameless marketing. If you guys want folks in the RMF course. Uh, you can sign up now, and if you sign up now, all the way through the ninth, it starts on the fifth. If you stand up now, now to the ninth, um, it's less money. It's cheaper. I think it's 70, 70 bucks off or something like that. So if you have people that want to go through it, I've got I've got Eric on quality control. Eric has has signed on to agree to do kind of some quality control. Make sure we're we're hitting this, hitting all the, hitting on all cylinders. Cause we're talking about cars. We're hitting, firing on all cylinders. Eric's gonna check, um, check us out. Make sure we're on track. Make sure I didn't miss anything. So, um, but I agree. I think I've done a ton of this type of training. I think we've put together a program that outshines everything out there, and that was the intent to outshine everything. 
Taz Kicker. <laughs> I like that one. I don't know if they uh, would they uh, would they they might not allow that one go through. That'd be funny though. I kind of like that one. Um, anyhow, it's Friday. I hope you guys have a good day. Hopefully, you got some red on. Um, the red shirts are still available online. We still got a few of them left. We haven't made a second run because uh, they they well mostly for giving away. So. Not this one. This is the old one. The new one has the big red across the front. Um, anyhow. Weekend reading. Continues monitoring NIST 800-137. Yeah, and then check out the, the new one, the ITSR. Uh, I don't know the number of it. I'll throw it in the show notes. But it's the new NIST ITSR about continuous monitoring. And there's also NIST 800-137A, which I think is in draft still, which is the assessment criteria. And there's one more... One more document out there on 137 that I wasn't familiar with. I've kind of not looked at 137, that series, because it just wasn't that good. It honestly was not that good. Um, and I actually taught a class at St. Louis University on how to build one without really following 137, how to build a program without following 137. Eric, super excited. I'm super excited to get you in there, Eric. Hopefully you're going to come back and say all things are good. But I challenge you, if there's something that's off, something that doesn't hit the mark, you gotta let us know, because if it if 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 it's missing, the the goal is we come out of the class and you know how to do the RMF. Um, you should be able to pass the CAP too, but you gotta be able to know the RMF. And that's that's the goal. We want to cover all the information, give you all the tools, all the handouts, all the extra material that's gonna get you to know the RMF. That's the goal. And, and like I said before, I've said this, I can't say it enough. If you can't afford the class. Um, that's why we do all the videos. It's the same videos. We just add stuff to it. Same videos are going to be available in the play the playlist. You can watch them around on YouTube, follow along, and it's going to just going to take you a little more work because it's just going to take a little more work. It's just that's the way it is. It, you know, the, the, the website we have to pay to to code it up. We got to pay to get the content on there. That's the only reason we pay. Have you pay for the class? Um, anyhow, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say, guys. Hopefully you've got a good a good Friday planned. Remember those folks that are deployed. Think about think about folks that aren't here that are out uh, probably in, you know, terrible elements wherever they're at. And uh, like, subscribe, like, comment, comment in the show notes below or comment below. Love to hear your comments. Name your car what do you, do you name your car? If you do, what do you name your car? What do you guys think about continuous monitoring? Let's hear those comments in the show notes below. And that being said, take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers, each other, and your organization. Sierra got it this time. Go get some. Have a great weekend, and uh, we will see you on, on Monday morning. Talk to you then.